0: Hey there Purpose Warriors, welcome to the Awaken to Purpose podcast. This is Dr. Vernell from drbrunel.com, where we believe that every season in your life serves a greater purpose. If you're new to the podcast, here's what you need to know. We are a community of purpose warriors who believe that God's best version of ourselves is hidden on the inside of us, just waiting to be awakened as we grow in our relationship and continue to say yes to what God has called us to do in the earth. We know that God's purpose for our lives was preordained and the reason why he created us. So every other week, this podcast seeks to explore how to awaken to your purpose from a practical standpoint and become God's best version of you. And we do this by touching upon our five pillars of purpose, faith, relationship, identity, resiliency, and stewardship. If you want to know more about our five pillars of purpose, head over to my website at www.drgrunnell.com backslash podcast. So before we dive in, I need to share with you that this podcast is being brought to you by my new book, From Pain to Purpose, where I share actionable steps, biblical principles, and life lessons on how I discovered my purpose after a painful and unexpected divorce and was left to raise two children with more than a million dollars of debt zero access, and a negative network. My book is available on my website, again, at www.drbrunnell.com, also on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or wherever books are sold. So if you want to learn more about how to release limiting beliefs, overcome financial difficulties, experience radical breakthroughs, and step courageously into your purpose, then grab your copy today. And remember that God can use whatever unfair or unjust act, any rejection or hurtful experience and transform your pain into your purpose. So let's jump right in. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Awaken a Purpose podcast. Whatever time you are joining us today, I have a special guest very incredible. Her name is Latrina Lenore. She is a family nurse practitioner. She's the wife and the mother of two amazing young adult children. She knows firsthand what it's like to turn your pain into purpose when she receives some unexpected news about one of her kids. You know what? I'm so excited today. We are just going to jump right into your story. I want to know a little bit more about this pain that you were in this unexpected news that you receive, and then how all of that connects to your purpose. So I'm just going to go ahead and turn it over to you. (laughs) Yay! Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the invite,
1: and I'm so happy to be talking to your audience today. Like she said, my name is Latrina Lenore. I'm a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sister, and a friend. Mm -hmm. I graduated college with a degree in nursing. -hmm. I currently practice as a full time family nurse practitioner at one of the largest organizations in North Texas. Nursing isn't just my passion, it's my purpose. But let me tell you how it became my purpose. It was May of 2003 when I remember sitting in the hospital room looking out the window saying, God, save my son, Mm -hmm. save my baby. Because, see, prior to this day, Stephen was admitted to the hospital due to experiencing several seizures. A CT scan was done and blood was drawn, but to my surprise, all the results were coming back normal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And all those results were coming back normal. I witnessed my son lose the ability to do the things that he was able to do the day before. So imagine how I felt. How old was he? He was actually three. Okay. He was three years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just imagine how I felt. You know, I was lost. I felt devastated. And frustrated because I couldn't figure out what was going on with my son because they kept giving me these normal results. Mm-hmm. So imagine how I felt during this time. It was a tragic, tragic event for me
0: and my family. So, so the day before you saw your son kind of engaging, just probably like lively, like a three year old normally. Yes. So what signs was he exhibiting that you noticed? He so- didn't exhibit any signs at all.
1: Normally, like you would check to see like if they hit their head, Mm -hmm. any blunt trauma to the head at all, any type of rough play at daycare or anything, but he didn't exhibit anything. It was just that I had just picked him up from daycare and Mm -hmm. he was in the back seat in his car seat. Mm -hmm. And when I arrived at my uncle's house, he just started to seize in his car Mm -hmm. seat. And -hmm. I had no idea what was going on. And he just, Mm -hmm. you know, was seizing and I, you know, called the lamps and everything, Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, they came and got him and they took him to the emergency room. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And all of his results came back normal. Yeah, the CT scan came back normal. The blood test came back normal. But although they were saying like all these results were normal, like I was witnessing him losing his ability to do the things that he was able to do the day before, which was so crazy. Like what did he lose? Like when you say he lost the ability to do what? Within a week span, he stopped walking. He stopped talking and even stopped Mm -hmm. eating on his own. And prior okay. to that, he was like this rambunctious, three-year-old, happy-go-lucky little boy. So I mm-hmm. couldn't figure out what was the problem.
0: Wow. Okay, so then a week passed, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you saw what was happening to him within the span of that week. And then what happened after that?
1: So after that week, after seeing him lose all his milestones, basically, I started to think that the last time that I picked him up from daycare, like, that would be the last time that I would see him as that normal child. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: all I knew to do in that moment was pray. And prior Mm -hmm. to like all this happening, like I knew that God existed and everything, but I didn't really have a prayer life. So this really led me to God because I prayed like never before because I just couldn't figure out what was going on with my child.
0: That's interesting because you know I think with most of not (laughs) I'm just gonna say most of us, I think we go through the motions and the routine sometimes if you were raised in the church where you do your amens and, you know, you mm-hmm. pray sometimes on cue. That's what happened with me anyway. But sometimes it's not until all hell breaks loose in your life where yes. you start like your prayer life changes instead of yes. Jesus wept with you, <laughs> you know, when you blessing your food, yes. you start saying prayers of like thankfulness. And yes. so when you were calling out to God in your prayers, what was that really like for you in the midst of what you thought? Could have been going on with your son, even though, like, right. Mm -hmm. Walk me through that a little bit. So when I started to pray, it was like I was going on like a roller
1: coaster, basically, Mm -hmm. because you always go through worse before it gets better. Mm -hmm. So like, as I started to pray, the doctors came out and they said, you know, Miss Lenore, you know, it's not looking good. It's not looking too good at all.
0: The next 24
1: hours were critical because his brain just continued to swell. (gasps) So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all I knew to do in that moment was just pray. And unfortunately I had to do it alone because I didn't have any family there to support me. Like some family members didn't come to the Mm -hmm. hospital because they said that it was too far and others didn't come because they just didn't give a reason. They just didn't come. Mm -hmm. So I, all I do in that moment knew to do in that moment was to just pray. And that's what I did while looking out that window.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you were in the hospital all by yourself. Yes. And the doctors are saying to you, it doesn't look good. Yes. And his brain is continuing to swell. So, yeah, amen. So, you just relied on God and you just prayed. And so, kind of like, okay, so then what happened after that?
1: So, as hours went by, I, you know, continued to pray without ceasing. And the doctors came back out. And this is when I knew that God was starting to answer my prayers because Mm -hmm. they came out and they said, you know, Miss Lenore, Stephen has fallen asleep. His vitals remained stable and the medications were basically finally working. Mm -hmm. So at that moment, I knew that God had another plan for me Mm because you see during this time I was in nursing school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Right. I was in nursing school when all this was going on and I witnessed all this transpire like right before my eyes. And then I got the diagnosis of Stephen contracting the West Nile virus. So I was like, "Oh my God!" So yeah, mm. he went from this normal child to not being able to walk, talk, or even eat on his own with a diagnosis of West Nile virus.
0: Three years old. Oh my gosh. Oh my. That yes. must have been just really horrible for you to have that experience all by yourself. And then, you know, I'm just thrown aback just to even hear you say that no one in your family showed up because the hospital was too far and. You know, or some people just didn't give a reason. Like, Mm -hmm. my gosh, what about friends? Did you have anybody that you could call like a friend who could come sit with you? Nobody?
1: I had friends that were available by phone, of course, you know, for prayer and emotional support. But Mm -hmm. as far as like somebody physically, you know, standing there with me, standing in the gap for prayer. No, I didn't have anybody there. It was just me, myself and I and Stephen. Okay. Okay. And Jesus
0: And Jesus. Okay. Girl, you will intercede on your behalf. Amen. And the Holy Spirit. So, okay. So when Stephen had fallen asleep, so I'm assuming, of course, you stayed in the hospital. Yes. Uh, And then, so what happened when he woke up? I'm going to assume he woke up the very next day. He woke
1: up, but he still didn't, um, he didn't know who I was anymore, which was very heartbreaking at the time because the virus had attacked his brain so much. He actually, in the beginning, he was diagnosed with meningitis that progressed to encephalitis, which is the swelling of the brain. And then they mm-hmm. finally came to determine that he had the West Nile virus. But that came like later down the line, because you got to remember, this is 2003. So West mm-hmm. Nile virus wasn't as popular as it is now. So they were still trying to figure out like what was going on with them. They were doing all this tests, starting all these medications, which none of them were working. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, my God, you know, what's happening to my son? Like, you all need to do something because I see him like dwindling, Mm -hmm. you know, down to basically like nothing, like going to death. And I'm like, no, you all have to act and do something Mm because I was just fearful. I didn't know what to do. I was a young mom at the
0: time. Mm -hmm. And so when you say he contracted the West Nile virus and please forgive me for my ignorance, but how do you contract that? Through a mosquito bite. Oh Jesus! Okay, yes, the okay. mosquito bite. Uh huh. And that was in Texas. No,
1: it wasn't in Texas. At the time, we were living in Chicago, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure where he actually or when he actually got bit, because like he could have been outside just playing anywhere, yeah, and could have got a mosquito bite. So you just never know when and where it happened,
0: which is so unfortunate. Hmm. At any point in time, did you feel like he just wasn't going to make it? I did. That mm-hmm. did cross my mind. And it was so
1: scary. That's why I just kept praying like, God, you know, I don't care what the ending looks like. If you could just save my son, I will do whatever it is that I have to do to take care of him in whatever state that he's in. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And I just prayed that prayer until I saw changes that were, you know, positive changes. What type of changes were those? Well, when his brain finally stopped swelling, he started mm-hmm. to respond to the medications, which were the antiviral medications. And he still wasn't eating it or anything on his own. At that time, he had a G-tube feeding, which is like where they do a surgical procedure. Um, They insert a tube into the belly to basically feed him to keep him with good nutrition. So I had to learn like all of that stuff. He was in a wheelchair, but he was able to open his eyes. Mm -hmm. And they were trying to figure out like after everything happened, if he was able to see and hear because he wouldn't really respond. Mm -hmm. So finally, like maybe a month the incident happened, he started to like track, you know, individuals going past him or even objects that they would put, you know, in front of his eyes, which were good signs. Mm-hmm. And then he started to follow commands slowly, which okay. were good signs.
0: Mm-hmm. And so you said you were in school at the time when all of this was happening. Did you also have a yes. job? I didn't have a job at the time. I was just in
1: school. Mm-hmm. I just was getting ready to complete my first year nursing school. Okay. Okay.
0: And how old were you then? I was 25. Mm-hmm. I was 25 years old. 25 years old and having to go through something like that. I can only imagine how your life completely changed. Yes. Just literally overnight. How long was he hospitalized?
1: Um, he was hospitalized for a very long time. I would say the hospital stay in itself was about two months. Mm -hmm. And then after the hospital stay, he was transferred over to rehab where we Mm -hmm. spent about a good three to four months doing intensive therapy, where he did therapy five days a week. Mm -hmm. And what did that look like? What type of therapy was he receiving? He was getting physical therapy, occupational therapy, Mm -hmm. and speech, OT, and PT, all three of those. Okay,
0: okay, okay. So, where is and how is Stephen today? Oh wow! Like God is Jesus, just so Oh so okay. okay. God is so
1: so good. Stephen is twenty years old now. He's six feet tall. Wow. He functions. Yeah, he's a pretty mm-hmm. tall kid. Mm-hmm. He functions at about a kindergarten to first grade level. I know to some, you know, it's not a lot. But looking over the journey that we went through until what we are today, it's an abundance for me. Because Mm -hmm. not everybody gets to experience a walking miracle every day. So I'm very grateful for that, that God allowed me to be in position to witness miracles, you know, every day. Not just him waking up every day, but just to see the new things that he does on a daily basis. So, yeah, he's doing really, really well.
0: And was Stephen your first child? No, he's actually my second child. I have an older daughter. Okay, okay. And what was that like you would say for her to even have to go through that or to witness that, um, to see her brother? And I don't know what the age gap is between the two of them. They're
1: four years apart. Um, It created a little bit of resentment, of course, because I wasn't Mm. able to spend any time with her. Well, I wouldn't say any time. I wasn't able to spend a lot of time with her because I had to focus so much of my time on his care and trying to get him better. Mm -hmm. And it is rough. Even to this day, we're still working on that relationship because she still kind of resents me for that. So, yeah, it's pretty hard.
0: God is a healer and he also is a restorer. And I pray Amen. he restores that. Um, so, who watched her in the name of Jesus? Um, who watched her when you were at the hospital with Stephen? Pretty much my
1: uncles and my aunts. They kind of mm-hmm. like for. A couple of months, she flew down here to Texas because I had an aunt living here prior to Mm -hmm. me moving down here. And then my uncle would keep her at other times, you know, Mm -hmm. because they had kids where she can interact with them and, you know, go to school with them because life still went on, you know, for her. Mm -hmm. And I had to make sure that she was still, you know, doing the things that she needed to do while also juggling the, the task of taking care of Steven as well.
0: Yes, yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. I love God. yeah, I love hearing that. You know, you said he's a walking miracle for you. It's just a reminder of the goodness of God. Yes. And how he's able to. So it's so funny because earlier what you said was because the family and friends weren't there to kind of pray with you and to stand in that gap, knowing that, you know, and recognize that Jesus really was standing in that gap. And so oh, yeah. the prayers were heard and they were received. And that's beautiful. And so Tell me a little bit about Steven today. Like, how is he? Tell me about his personality.
1: He's a really, really good kid. Very laid back. He and Mm -hmm. my daughter are like on both on different extremes. Like she's really extreme, (laughs) extremely drama. He's like so laid back. Mm -hmm. Loves to smile. Loves to have fun. Loves to love on his mom. Mm -hmm. He loves playing basketball. Mm -hmm. Like every song on the radio, like he knows the lyrics too. So very, Mm -hmm. very smart. Music is definitely his thing, his talent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's, he's doing a lot of good stuff. I'm getting emails from his teacher all the time. Uh, in fact, last week I got an email stating that he was able to read all his classmates' names off a board. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, somebody was standing in front of him and he needed to get past. And he was able to tell them, excuse me. And when the person didn't hear him, he said it louder so mm-hmm. that they could hear him, which is a big deal for him because he really don't advocate for himself. So mm-hmm. that was like really, really huge for him. So yeah, we're still on a, a road to progression,
0: which is okay. awesome. Amy, I mean, you're just so smiling from ear to ear. And I just, <laughs> to that. so let's get into kind of like the purpose for you. So like what life lessons did you learn about your purpose based on the story that you shared?
1: I would say that my story is not my story, that I didn't go through the things for me that Mm -hmm. God allowed me to go through this test to be a testimony and to trust the process. Because sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes our gifts come wrapped in sandpaper, unfortunately, but Mm -hmm. the end goal remains the same. You still have to unwrap the sandpaper to get to that
0: beautiful gift inside, which is what God has destined you to be. Amen. And I have all these questions that I want to get to kind of like, as we start to kind of wrap some of this up. So what advice would you offer listeners on awakening to their purpose? Because not everybody's purpose is, as you say, kind of like wrapped up in in their gifts wrapped up in the sandpaper. Unfortunately for you and for me, it happened because all hell broke loose in our lives. But what advice would you give other people about how to awaken to their purpose?
1: I would say follow the God winks. Do it scared. Don't wait on perfection. Because if you Mm -hmm. wait on perfection, you will never get there. Mm -hmm. And then always just remember that someone is not sleeping at night because you have yet to walk into your calling, which is the answer to their dream. Mm -hmm. So you need to act like with urgency so -hmm. that you can get to walk into the calling on your life.
0: Amen. So this question, some people get stumped on it a little bit, but in your mind, like, what does it mean to become God's best version of you? Oh, that's, that's a hard (laughs) one.
1: That's a hard one. I would have to say for me um, to stop chasing that fairy tale life that Mm -hmm. I thought it would be because I still at times I have my moments when I grieve over the loss of, quote unquote, a normal child. And I would just say to just submit and commit to God's will every day and not your own will, because sometimes we can get into our own
0: way. I love that. Oh, I love hearing that. So what do you know about God that you wish the whole world knew?
1: <laughs> it's so many testimonies. I can, <laughs> I can go with that. But okay. I would say I always use an analogy with people in the world as well as monkey bars. As a little girl, um, I love to go to the playground. And the first thing that I will run to was the monkey bars mm-hmm. because you get to you know, run to the monkey bars, you climb up, you hold the little metal bars really tight, you're swinging, and you're Mm -hmm. pulling yourself up. And it reminds you of your own strength, because you're Mm -hmm. able to maneuver and do a lot of things on the monkey bars. Mm -hmm, But after mm -hmm. a while, you get tired, your arms Mm -hmm. grow tired, because you've been holding on to the monkey bars for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And I remember talking to my uncles when they would take me and I would say, you know, my arms are getting tired. Now, can you put me down? And they Mm -hmm. would say, you know, go ahead and let go Latrina. It's okay. Like I got you, mm-hmm, but I mm-hmm. still wouldn't let go because I wasn't certain that they would catch me and that I would fall and hurt myself.
0: Uh,
1: well, mm-hmm. God says the same thing. He said, you know, let go, give your problems to him and to mm-hmm. cast all your cares and your burdens to him. Mm-hmm. And that he has a way to take care of everything, of the things mm-hmm. that we can't even do to relinquish that control. So mm-hmm. that's how I look at things, you know, let go, Let God, he has never forsaken us and he'll never leave us.
0: Ooh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I don't want to leave this part of it out as we begin to wrap up, but I'm sure that there are other parents who are experiencing what you experienced at the age of 25. What advice would you give any parent in that type of situation? Where over the
1: course of 20 years, of course, I've seen a lot, I experienced a lot, and I learned Mm -hmm. a lot. And Mm -hmm. through those experiences, I learned that I was able to teach more parents that are like me, parents of special needs children, of how to thrive through opposition,
0: basically, Mm -hmm. because
1: we go through a lot of struggles and a lot of challenges being parents of special needs children. So I came up with a model called a CARE model, which I use the letters of CARE, C-A-R-E, as an acronym. Mm-hmm. And the C stands for choosing to thrive, not just survive. Amen. A mm-hmm. is acknowledging um, your new normal and mm-hmm. define the steps to move forward. Mm-hmm. R is for relinquish all those bad and limiting beliefs and replace them with positive affirmations. And then E is just establishing mental health or mental stability through healing. And you could do this through diving deeper into your faith. You can do therapy, join community groups, support groups, resources, and et cetera. So it's definitely a journey, but I I always just say, you know, stay the course, have faith and trust God.
0: Oh, Jesus. First of all, that was so good. I'm going to tell you the one that I got really hung up on as you were saying it, but it was acknowledge your new normal. And I think for, first of all, it resonated with me because I think when we're younger, we always have this idea of what our life is going to be. And it's not until we live our life that we see what life is really about. And whatever sometimes we thought it was going to be very early on, it doesn't always match up Mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it is acknowledging the death of something, or maybe that it never came to pass. And Very so true. there's always, God will show you that it wasn't that, it's this. Mm-hmm. And so then it it's one of those things, not only do you have to acknowledge it, but you have to accept where you are. Yeah. Yes. And so I love that. So when you were saying it, I just latched onto that one piece. <laughs> I just want to say to you, first of all, like you've been an incredible guest and I thank you so thank much you for so coming much. on and sharing your story with all of the listeners. And I know that someone will be blessed by what you share, because I think sometimes what happens is that when we go through these painful situations and a lot of heartache, and sometimes for some people, trauma, we sometimes think that we're the only one who's going through it. We're the only ones who are feeling a certain way, have felt a certain way. And I really love how you emphasize in your care model, a choice. You have to choose to thrive and not survive. That's a word right there. That's a message from the Lord. And so I just appreciate you coming on and just having the courage to really share, because I know for some people, this can be something that's really painful and private, even though it's been so long, there's still some pain that might be there. There's still some areas that people don't always want to talk about and share. So I just want to say you were brave today. And I thank you so much for coming and joining me today on the podcast. And I hope at some point down the road, you will come back and bless our listeners, but Again, thank you so of much for coming on today. It was fantastic having you here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for the invite. Amen. So you take care. Beyond my book, if you're interested in learning more about how to become God's best version of yourself, by awakening to your purpose, consider enrolling in my online course, which you'll find on my website again, which is www.drrenell.com because God's love for you and the reason why he created you is greater than you will ever know. And guess what? He wants you to succeed in carrying out your purpose.